Hello, my children. It's a treat. A new episode of The Great Flood is Spoken, and my first guest co-host, a dear childhood friend by the name of Michael Hayes. Um, we met when we were babies, when we were 16, 17 years old at a, a, a special arts program in my hometown where I grew up that you had to audition to get into, and they brought kids from all over the state to an intensive. It was kind of cool because you got to stay on a college campus and become ensconced in the arts and music and dance and theater and um, everything for uh, several weeks. And you lived there and you you ate, drank, and, and slept art. And um, that's where we met. And uh, we've been dear, dear friends ever since. And uh, it was a delight. It was a delight to get back in touch with him. We even, you know, lost touch through the years as he's traveled the world, I've traveled the world, and been around the world, and I, 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 and uh, now we're, uh, we've come back together by the magic of social media, and um, thought I'd have him on the pod. So here is Monday on the pod with my dear old friend, Michael Hayes, my first guest. On the Great Flood is Spoken. Stay tuned. Well, hello, sir. Hello, Michael. Mr. Flood. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Thank you. I'm uh, sitting at my desk. I'm watching. um, There's a family across the street. I live in an apartment kind of complex and there's this family uh with these kids they're playing um um some game that i'm terrible at it's uh bags and they try to throw them in a hole uh free oh um corn 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 hole or whatever yeah yeah i never liked that game but uh (laughs) just uh just settling down about to do some homework uh what are you up to uh, just finished uh, virtual worship with uh, a few congregations I'm a part of. Um, uh, thanks to this brave new world we live in, I was able to uh, semi-virtually participate uh, in worship in Decatur, Georgia, and my church here in Nashville, and uh, Facebook message with some of my uh congregation in Louisville so oh cool it was a a fun kind of um church hopping experience (laughs) that was fun to do and yeah and you did it you did it over the holidays uh I directed it yes in the fall so it was uh right before Christmas nice yeah I miss miss plays I miss the theater so much oh I, uh, I'll get back to it someday. I just uh, yeah. had to get, had to live life for a while, I guess. Um, you've, you've done so many things. You've traveled everywhere. And so as an artist, it looks like you're like a visual spoken word film. What do you, what do you call what your in, in, I, intersections are I, right now? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't want to like, I just basically say that I'm an amateur. You know, that I'm always going to do this as an amateur, never as a professional, because, mm-hmm. you know, 
root of amateur is, you know, lover in French. And that's, that's, that's why I've, I've always kind of, you know, it's not for, it's just for means of personal expression or like basically because, you know, I, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in an, an empty room, you know, you have to like call out so that you can maybe see if there's an echo or some, you know, you have to kind of like, and maybe there's like a, a narcissistic element of it too, like of, of like looking into a, a reflection, you know, it's like you want to see some sort of image in your reflection. Like you want, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, I don't think I'm a narcissist. I just think that, um, I, I, you know, it's like when we're born, we, uh, the very first thing that we learn, um, well, not the very first thing, but one of the first things that we kind of learn is that we learn to self-identify and we learn that, you know, through a process of othering, that that image that we see in the mirror or the reflection or the window is actually us, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I know you're familiar with this, of course, mm -hmm. like, Babies you know, have to actually, mirror, but they have to mirror first, right? They they mimic what they see, and that's how they learn. Oh, this is what happy means, and this is a when the thing that gives me food makes this face, they're not happy. Okay, right? Yeah, I, I think it was uh, Jacques Lacan that mm -hmm. um, first started talking about that, mm -hmm. and um, at, and tangentially, some people believe that um, autistic children. Um, may be um, autistic as a result of um, lack of eye contact from their parents, mm -hmm. from their mother, mm -hmm. father, uh, not because there is no kind of recognition of the self. Right. There is no I. Um, they, they, they kind of probably feel like disjointed, like just kind of floating consciousness, not a part of their own skin. Like yeah. uh, who knows? I'm not autistic, but there's, there's, there's something to be said for like, like I'm alive, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm alive. I have a voice. So regardless of whether anyone is listening or not, regardless of like what accolades or, you know, um, prizes or monetary things, it will get me. It, it's, it's all, that's all like aside from the point. Mm -hmm. Just that if I was doing this, I don't think I feel like I've shown up for my own life, mm. you know. Mm. And that that is the heart of, in my in my estimation, a true artist. You know, I, I tell students who are I, I am an equity actor, but I tell students who want to go into theater, if you don't have the burning fire or passion within you, if you don't feel like you will do this or die, then please become a certified public accountant because we have too many people doing this professionally who don't want this like that, who are in it and they produce, um, as Peter Brook called, dead art. They're producing masturbatory dead things because they're not really in it for a passion. They're in it because they have talent or because it comes easy for them or because it's something fun to do or trending, but they don't need this for air. They don't require this exploration in order to breathe. And that's the art that we all get excited about seeing, right? Yes, we love TikTok videos and we love um, uh, the latest meme or whatever that can cause an interesting dialogue and conversation. But when we go back to the 
works of, um, and I, I don't in an elitist sense think of like high art and low art, but I think there are works that um, really speak to us and move us as individuals and, and as a collective. And then there are, you know, works that are, you know, pop tarts and they're lovely and they're, you know, confectionery sugar, but you know, too much sugar will give you diabetes, <laughs> you know? So you only need so much of that in your life. Um, and your comment about narcissism was fascinating to me because in 2020, we're all narcissists. We all post to social media. We all take pictures of our own face. We all take selfies. We all capture everything every single second. Um, it's to what degree of narcissism uh, or to what end I feel like we use it, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. I just, I, everyone is- Oh, absolutely. And, and there's, a, there's a bit of it when you spoke to autism that is interesting to me too, attachment theory or mirroring, like if you don't have, mm -hmm. there needs to be a little bit of self-awareness or a little aspect of narcissism or you don't have an identity. You don't see who you are. You don't, you don't have any sort of sense of self if you don't at some point look in the mirror and say, okay, I am an individual. I do exist within a collective. So there's a, yeah, as with everything, you know, everything in moderation, right? Like you need a bit of introspection or you don't have a sense of your personhood. Right. And I think it all like ultimately begs the question, and this is, now, now, now bear with me here, <laughs> right? There are two kinds of people in the world. There are the ones that entertain and the ones that observe. Okay, thanks, Brittany. Oh, no, no, no. No, there are those who um, who um, have asked themselves at one point in their life whether or not they're a sociopath mm -hmm. and have answered, of course not, mm -hmm. I'm not a sociopath. Mm -hmm. Then there are those who have never asked th themselves the question because, of course, they are sociopaths. Mm -hmm. right. right. And then there are two other people, those who are have asked themselves at one time, am I on the spectrum? Am I perhaps autistic to, to, to respond? Absolutely not, I think. Not, I'm, I'm not autistic. And then those who are autistic really never have to ask because they have they don't have the the really capacity for the self awareness not to, yeah. to ask that question. Yeah. So ultimately, there are four people in the world. There are five. The normals. There are the autistic. There are the autistic sociopath, mm -hmm. and there's autistic sociopath. And then there's Donald Trump, who's obviously, I mean, you can't call the man autistic because it, it would be an insult to like <laughs> anyone. <laughs> the man, a megalomaniac, sociopathic, uh, just devoid of all, right, true sociopath, devoid of all empathy, devoid of any mm -hmm. sort of self-awareness, yeah, complete, perfect sociopath. Yes, indeed. Right, right. And, and perhaps autistic as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. High functioning autistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, the man, you look at the man's, well, I, I wouldn't say he's had success in business. He was kind of start, started off like, well, a million dollar loan same. from his father. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. But, um, you know, like the fact that like he's, he would be a high functioning autistic person. Would he, if he is. Right. Not going to rule it out like the man's clearly a sociopath yeah. 
And then additionally, he's got some other stuff going on. But to, to get back to why we do things, and I know, uh, sorry for the segue, but, but you were talking earlier about like worship and you were talking about um, passion and do you do this because it, you do it because you need to breathe and you need to like, you need to feel your heart beating and, and, and feel part of the universe. It's about responding and saying yes to the universe. Like there's this uh, poem, Rainer Maria Rilke. Oh, um, yes. It's a, beautiful. Uh, go to the limits of your longing. I think it's, it's called and, and in it. Um, it's like, it's about God, mm-hmm. like talking to us. We're made. And, and God says, flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that like speaks a lot to like expression and like art mm-hmm. that like we are doing, we're making big flames, you know, um, uh, that, that are all about this experience of living in the world and, and love and, 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 and loss and, and grief. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then God is moving in the shadows God is mysteriously always present mm-hmm. and works a mystery. And, uh, and, and, and that just, I don't know, it just really speaks to me. So that's why I like to make art. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, you mentioned Lacan earlier and like the tenets of film theory of image in the mirror. And I thought that was interesting and of note because we always talk about uh, at least in a lot of theatrical academic writing or in sort of trending conversations in theater practitioner in professional circles also how communities want to be seen, right? Uh, you wanna create art that makes people feel seen, especially the traditionally unseen, uh, the minority voices, women, queer people, people of color, black Americans, uh, um, because we are traditionally left out of the Western theatrical canon. So that, that desire and need and burning passion and right, quite frankly, to be seen um, is vital, mm. right? And is what, <laughs> what always creates, conversely, the most quote unquote, commercially successful capitalistic theater, right? Hamilton, uh, you know, The Color Purple, uh, name a popular uh, musical entertainment or popular play, and it quite often is a nine to five. It addresses women or minorities because there's a dynamism to um, these communities that have been oppressed and have had to find creative right. ways to live and thrive under uh, white supremacy and toxic masculinity and homophobia and sexism and there's a dynamism that and it's all filtered it's all appropriated and filtered by the hegemonic like white microphysical fucking power structure because the director will be Uh, a white white straight male you know it'll be (laughs) the i was laughing at the the last the previous revival of the color purple on broadway was starring Cynthia Erivo, who is a Nigerian British woman who has utter disdain for black Americans. She tweets it all over the internet. And then they had the nerve, the audacity to cast her as Harriet Tubman when she is told, called black Americans lazy on in uh, Twitter and you know, black Americans are what, what they are because they don't work hard enough. And it's like, girl, <laughs> your whole career is so, playing so- black Americans. And you <laughs> have and the it, audacity 
and and that her her you know her obvious personal you know um problems aside um her personal bias and like you know her her feeling of superiority or whatever it just it's so it's so you know it's so fucking sinister that of course of course she would be cast so that like so that a bunch of a bunch of african-americans would be disaffected by and and not and not come to see it so it'll fail right right exactly right Right. and that's what happened with the film harriet right so the studio can say well you know we tried we made a movie about harriet tubman and you all didn't come out to go see it well you cast you literally cast the person we told you not to cast it was trending before the right after the casting was announced and they had time to you know write her a check and recast it was trending in, on black twitter uh harriet deserves better that was trending on the internet so they saw it the powers that be saw it right so they knew yeah. what they were doing in that casting choice um yeah, yeah. specifically certainly certainly can i just say I, it is lovely lovely to hear your voice um I've missed it. I I love your voice, Billy. Um, I um, I'm gonna have to tune into your podcast more. Uh, I've listened to a couple of episodes, and uh, I, I, I hate to say this, but um, I think I think once I did it, and it was really nice, and I fell asleep while while uh, the podcast oh, no, was going, just because compliment. it was just really relaxed. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, you, uh, you, you got a very, uh, I don't know. I just, I love you, Mr. Flood. I love you too, Michael Hayes. Um, so Tuesday, let's, uh, let's, let's reconvene yeah. maybe. And, uh, we, and we can, we can talk between now and then on, uh, and just message each other about a possible topic, Perfect. but, um, this flows pretty freely. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say we're a couple of smooth operators. <laughs> I'd, I'd listen to us. We shall see if people tune in. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, fuck, fuck them. I just love this conversation with you. Well, thank you so much for having well, me. You're very welcome. Okay, we will message and reconvene on Tuesday evening. All right, Have Billy. Thank you, sir. Now. I think that went well. You heard a uh, a completely uh, true, pretty naked conversation that I had with someone who knew me when I was 16, right? Quite a few years ago, my dear friend Michael. So happy for the technology to be able to remotely pod together because we were in different locations. Um, He clearly has a better microphone than I do. (laughs) I need to step up my microphone game, but I needed to come back uh, and record this part on the back end, A, to do my traditional closeout, but B, I needed to explain the, the middle part there. We come back in and we've clearly been having a conversation. We got into some logistical, personal uh, 
personal location details that were not necessary. And just for safety, uh, there was nothing salacious or something that I cut out. Because what we say is pretty controversial in the episode. But it was just uh, logistical details that I thought might be that it's a security issue. Um, but we, and the, then we got into talking about me directing. And that's where that clip starts up from. And that's how we go into talking about theater is my directing. Um, and that's how we get into that. So I wanted to explain that. And then also get you to really take your time as you're being jettisoned back into work as people are being forced to leave the safety of their homes and go back into situations with people who have not been tested into workplaces that may or may not have been sanitized and I want you to be careful be careful be careful be careful we're all being sent back into work I was fortunate enough that I had never stopped working I was able I'm part of the very very privileged and I acknowledge that I'm part of the privileged who can work from home because of my job. I teach so I can teach online. Praise God for that. And I, there's so much privilege in that, and I understand that and recognize that. But for you people that have to go back into work, I am sorry. Please take care. Be careful. Take a mini hand sanitizer with you. Keep as socially distanced as you can. And if your boss is not following the rules, report them. This is a life or death situation. More people have died from COVID-19 in America than the Vietnam War. This is a war we're in. And if this were being federally handled, if we had a system in place, this would not look like this. And I'm sorry you're being forced to go back to work. It is inappropriate and it is endangering your lives. So I want you to do what you can do Stay socially distanced, take care of yourself, wear your mask, sanitize, be careful, be full of care for yourself and others. Take care. The Great Flood has spoken.